RTHK News. It's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, a former coach of Siobhan Hohi describes as pretty unbelievable the double Olympic silver medalist world record swim. At least 27 feared dead in a fire at a commercial building in the Japanese city of Osaka. And the FTU calls for half of the mainland quarantine-free quota to be reserved for people needing to travel on compassionate grounds. A former coach of Siobhan Hohi has described as pretty unbelievable the double Olympic silver medalist world record swim in the women's 200-metre short course freestyle in Abu Dhabi. Coleman Wong says the Hong Kong swimmer, who took gold in the event yesterday at the FINA World Swimming Championships, didn't make a single mistake. Mr Wong, who coached Hohi at the South China Athletics Association for four years from when she was 10, said he wasn't expecting her to break the world record. Because the world record is always hard to break and it's quite hard to get close to the world record. But I guess it's she, I think she took a very short break after Tokyo and then she back to the IFL swim meet, so which, which gave her a, a big advantage in the so-called the IFL swim meet. It gave her a big advantage such a turn, start and finishing. He will be competing in the women's 100 metres freestyle semi-finals later today. Mr Wong thinks she will continue to perform well. Obviously she's coming from quite high emotion, emotional status last night and I think this morning she just need to call, uh, make to the semi and then semi to the final and then if you want to in the final then you know everything can, can be happened. Another world record maybe? Uh, Nah, it's just it's hard to say. World record, it's just everyone, but um, it's just sometimes it's just a little bit luck, or you know, it's just that moment, yeah. And how she manage it, yeah, it's hard to say. But I think everyone will see a, a quite a good result in the final. An Osaka Fire Department official says 27 people are feared dead after a fire broke out in a commercial building in the Japanese city. Vicky Wong has more. The fire department officials said the 27 were in cardiopulmonary arrest, a term used in Japan before death is officially confirmed and one person was injured. Video on public broadcaster NHK showed smoke pouring out of the eight-storey building's fourth-floor windows, where a psychiatry clinic is located. The fire was reported shortly after the clinic opened for business at 10am and was mostly extinguished within 30 minutes. NHK said other floors of the building near Osaka's main station were occupied by a beauty salon, a clothes shop and an English language school. The Federation of Trade Unions has called on the government to reserve half of the mainland quarantine-free travel quota for those wanting to travel on compassionate grounds. It said some workers here had been separated from their families living across the border for too long and some needed to visit relatives who were seriously ill. The FTU said authorities, like the Social Welfare Department, could decide who gets to travel first. This cross-border truck driver, who had sought help from the Federation, said she very much hoped to be able to reunite with her young daughters once the border reopens. I drive past my home every day and see the light through the window, but I can't go home. I feel so bad. I started living in a quarantine hotel when my twin girls were two years and three months old. Now they are three and a half years old. They have gradually developed emotional issues.
Health authorities say no confirmed cases of COVID were found following an overnight lockdown and testing exercise at a Yaomate residential building. About 160 people were tested. The lockdown at the Chengheng building on Pitt Street was ordered after a cargo aircrew member tested preliminary positive for COVID, a case which officials fear may involve the Omicron variant. The district court has heard that a police officer who stole his colleague's credit cards to go shopping had struggled with stress after being promoted to police sergeant. Jimmy Choi reports. 36-year-old Johnny Lau had earlier pleaded guilty to three counts of theft and three counts of obtaining property by deception. The court heard that Lau had stolen his colleague's two credit cards and used them to buy McDonald's and three iPhones between February and March 2019. Lau's lawyer said his client's psychological report showed that he found it hard to cope with stress, but that he also had a strong need to save face and therefore did not seek help. The lawyer also said his client had been having suicidal thoughts at the time. His sentencing has been adjourned until December the 23rd. The chief executive has appointed barrister Priscilla Wong as the new chairwoman of the Council of the University of Hong Kong. Ms Wong, who's the chairwoman of the Independent Police Complaints Council and the Minimum Wage Commission, will begin her three-year term from January the 1st. She replaces Arthur Lee. The Education Secretary Kevin Young has welcomed Ms Wong's appointment. An infectious diseases expert says the Penny's Bay quarantine facility could run out of space if more countries are moved onto Hong Kong's high-risk list. Professor Ben Cowling's comments come amid media reports that the UK could be placed on the Group A list. This means arrivals have to do a week of quarantine in Penny's Bay, followed by two weeks at a designated hotel. Speaking on RTHK's Backchat programme, he reiterated his call for a specific quarantine facility for incoming travellers. Those could be used not only for travellers from the US or the UK, but for travellers from many other parts of the world as well where there is a higher risk of of people coming in with infection. So the UK could certainly uh, be moved to the Group A plus now. It meets the criteria for that. But I suspect the problem may be other countries in Europe and around the world are very soon going to meet the criteria to also be put in the the A plus group. And when that happens, then uh, the Penny's Bay will start to run out of space, unfortunately. The UK has again registered a sharp rise in new COVID infections. At 88,000, it's the worst figure since the pandemic began for the second day in a row. It follows warnings on Wednesday about the spread of the highly infectious Omicron variant. Professor Rupert Pearce is a consultant at the Royal London Hospital. We're not in a brilliant situation, but we are extremely now sadly used to reconfiguring our services to provide more ICU beds. We've got lots of drugs available to us to treat patients much more effectively. We've got supplies of ventilators sitting waiting to be used. And we've got strategies for how we redeploy staff into intensive care should that capacity be needed as well. Facebook's owner, Meta Platforms, has accused hundreds of private surveillance companies of spying on its users and has banned them from its platforms. It said there have been 50,000 victims. The BBC's David Willis reports. Branding the firms in question cyber mercenaries, Meta said it has removed around 1,500 Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp accounts linked to cyber surveillance companies, four of which were either based or founded in Israel. Meta has accused the companies of using fake profiles in order to trick people into revealing private information. Among the companies affected is Black Cube, an intelligence agency that was hired by the convicted rapist Harvey Weinstein 
Weinstein to discredit his accusers. Black Cube has insisted its activities were fully compliant with the law. At the end of a summit of European leaders, the European Council has stressed the urgent need for Russia to de-escalate tensions caused by the military build-up along the border with Ukraine. The Council warned that any military aggression against Ukraine would have massive consequences and severe costs. To finance news, the Bank of England has increased interest rates to a quarter of 1%. Inflation is running at more than 5% and the bank has decided that is of more concern than the Omicron variant. The decision surprised investors, who'd forecast that rates would remain unchanged. The Governor of the Bank of England, Andrew Bailey, said global tensions had been driving inflation and would continue to do so. In the short run, um, i.e. you know, the next sort of two, three, four months, we're thinking it can get to around six. Now, let me explain why. I mean, one big reason why is that we're seeing further upward pressure on wholesale gas prices. I think this is directly related to some of the tensions we're seeing on the border between Russia and Ukraine, where a lot of Europe's gas supply comes through. Turkey's central bank has cut interest rates for a fourth consecutive month, a move that's driven the value of the Turkish currency to a new low. President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has been defending the economic policies that analysts say are responsible for spiralling inflation and the tumbling lira, saying Turkey's destiny would not be determined by speculators. He called for patience and called for new measures in the coming days that would end the volatility. We will not let our Turkish lira be swallowed. There are some troubles at the moment, and we will get over them as soon as possible. Nobody should doubt that. We are determined to put an end to the uncertainty that has arisen due to the fluctuations in the exchange rate and the exorbitant price increases as soon as possible. President Erdogan also announced a 50% increase in the country's minimum wage to protect workers, who, he said, were being crushed by price rises. Carlos Casanova, senior Asia economist at UBP, was asked whether the situation in Turkey would spill over into other emerging markets' economies. He was speaking on RTHK's Money Talk programme. Usually when when we see this type of uh, currency crises in in Turkey, there's a lot of talk about um, emerging markets and spillover risks. I, I personally feel that this time around it's a little bit different. It's clearly a very... Um, specific situation to the Turkish economy and their leadership. Um, And we are seeing, um, in fact, emerging markets in other parts of the world, especially um, in Latin America, hiking interest rates. Um, Mm -hmm. So that is going to be enough of a buffer to offset some of the spillover risks um, from the Turkish situation. Of course, a lot of the um, emerging market equity and bond funds, they have a lot of exposure uh, to tur- Turkey um, and Russia, uh, but there are a few st- uh, emerging markets that weigh a lot in some of these indices. Uh, so in, in terms of the sell-off for those types of assets, um, yes, it, it will incur a spillover risk. But in terms of spillovers to individual economies, not so much because it, it is really something more specific to Turkey. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 23,215. That's 267 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $77 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 113.48 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 13 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 39 cents. Sports now and football. In the English Premier League, Liverpool kept up their title chase with a 3-1 win over Newcastle at Anfield. 
Mo Salah got their third, his 22nd goal of the season. The win puts Liverpool a point behind leaders Manchester City. Chelsea dropped points in the title race after being held to a one-all draw at home by Everton. Mason Mount gave Chelsea the lead in the 70th minute, but that was cancelled out four minutes later by 19-year-old defender Jared Branthwaite in his first league appearance of the season. Leicester versus Spurs was called off due to a COVID-19 outbreak in the Leicester squad. Four more Premier League fixtures this weekend have also been called off due to COVID outbreaks. Details from the BBC's John Murray. One by one, matches are being postponed as the Omicron variant sweeps across the United Kingdom. The Premier League board is considering each application to have matches called off on a case-by-case basis. They're taking into account the ability of a club to field a team, the potential impact of the Covid outbreak at the club, the ability of the players to safely prepare for and play the match, and they're also considering the risks to the opposition. The manager of one of the clubs affected, Thomas Frank of Brentford, has actually called for all of this weekend's matches and the Carabao Cup quarterfinals next midweek to be postponed to try to break the chain of infection at every club. UEFA President Alexander Sheferin has urged players across Europe to get vaccinated against COVID-19 as soon as possible. European football's governing body is launching a video aimed at players to explain the benefits of vaccination. For me, I believe in science and I got vaccinated. I think that they should get vaccinated as soon as possible, but I still believe for now it's a personal choice. And we have to be smart, we have to explain things. People are not stupid, people understand when you explain in a nice way, not uh, judging them, uh, but to explain uh, why vaccination is good. And uh, all facts and figures show that the vaccinated people uh, are less likely to get infected and all vaccinated people are less likely to have uh, um, strong effects of, of COVID if they are infected. In cricket, Australia began day two of the second Ashes test against England on 221 for two. The opening day was dominated by Australia's batsmen and day two has continued in much the same vein, with Manus Labuschain reaching his century within 25 minutes of the resumption of play. He finally fell LBW to Ollie Robinson on 103. And a short while ago, the Aussies were 251 for three off 101 overs. To the weather forecast, sunny intervals this afternoon. Mainly cloudy with the weather becoming appreciably cooler tonight. Moderate to fresh, northerly winds. The outlook, it will be windy in the next few days. Cool in the mornings over the weekend with temperatures falling to around 14 degrees. Cloudy with rain on Monday and Tuesday. Currently it's 23 degrees, humidity at 64%. To end the news, the top story once again. A former coach of Siobhan Hohi describes as pretty unbelievable the double Olympic silver medalist's world record swim. News and sport from RTHK.
your vote can help make Hong Kong a better place. The Legislative Council general election will be held on December 19th, only two days to go. Polling hours are from 8.30 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. For inquiries, please call 2891-1001 or visit elections.gov.hk. Improve electoral system. Ensure patriots administering Hong Kong. Improve electoral system. Ensure patriots administering Hong Kong. RTHK reminds you that the Legislative Council general election will take place on December 19th. Remember to vote.